Today I want to look at a psalm that we all love very much, Psalm 23. But before we could go into God's word, let us bow our hearts before God. Amen. Let's bow our hearts and let us ask the Lord, Lord, speak to me today. I am hungry for you. I want to hear your voice today. Open every closed doors that has been there all along. That when your word comes into my heart, let it bring forth fruit in our lives. Father, I surrender everyone who is here at this time, Master. And I pray in the name of Jesus of Nazareth that you will speak to us. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Psalm 23 has a lot to talk about God's solution for our stressful moments in our life. In my sermon today, we are going to look at God's solution for our hurt. God's solution for our, for our hurt. And the moment we get hurt, no matter what be the crisis, the first thing that comes out of our mouth is, Why me, Lord? That's the first thing that comes out of our mouth. Why me? Because we justify ourselves that we are right. Or we justify ourselves all that we have done, we have done the right things. So we ask God, why am I getting hurt in this situation? Whether it be uh, marriage, we can raise the base in this, whether it will be better. Because we live in an imperfect world, we must understand that. The world that we live is it's very imperfect. And we have a lot of opportunities where we get hurt by various situations, various circumstances. Some of our hurts can be accidental. It could be a total accident. Some of our hurts could be through illness. You might get hurt and you feel that somebody is hurt in your family and is due to illness. But the deepest hurt that we could ever face comes from the result of people. Maximum. The deepest earth that a person can get, it comes when, it comes through a loved one. Somebody in the office. Some of your friends. Your neighbor. Somebody that you trusted so much. And you get earth. Relationships are the greatest source of stress in our lives. Relationships. But, it can also be a greatest blessing. A relationship can be the greatest blessing. But there are moments that sometimes that relationship can bring hurt in our life. In fact, people will hurt us. Sometimes we do not understand. We do not understand why those things happen. The problem is, how do I respond when I get Hurt. That's the question. Are we going to be hurt? Yes. When? I don't know. I don't know that. But you will face it at some given time. But how you respond to that hurt matters. That you ask the question, Lord, why me? Somebody going through a divorce, ask that question, Lord, I took this relationship Knowing that you are the one who guided me. What is happening now? Why? What have I done wrong? 
in this marriage. I have not done anything wrong. I have been honorable. I have loved my wife. I have honored my husband. I have done everything that you have asked, Lord. But I am hurt. Why me? So before we can look at God's antidote for our hurt, I want to show you five things that we do not, that we should not do when we are hurt. There are five things we should not do when we are hurt. And let us look at that. The responses. Sister, you have too much forward. Your responses should not, that we should avoid when we are hurt. Go back, my sister. Number one, do not be angry or blame God when you are hurt. Number one, that's the greatest thing that we get angry and we blame God. If you look at Job chapter 2, let us turn to our Bible, so Job chapter 2, verse 9. Then his wife said to him, mm. Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Mm. Curse God and die. See that? Curse God and die. The moment we get hurt, the first thing, if we don't have anybody to blame, if we don't have our wife to blame, we don't have our husband to blame, who we do it? We immediately want to blame it on God. Bitterness is the first thing that comes in your heart. When you get hurt. And if you can't throw it at anybody, you throw it at God. If you look very carefully in the life of Job, the Bible says that Job prayed every day for who? For his children. What? That they should not curse God. The Bible says very clearly, Job prayed every day that his children will not curse God. But it fails to say that Job never included his wife. And that's what the enemy hit now. The enemy hit his wife and said, now you curse God and die. We have to be careful when we pray, how we pray. We have to be careful that we include our whole family in our prayer. Many times we just let go. Is it my boss? No, I just have to pray for my job. We forget our boss. But the, the enemy will use your boss to get you, to get at you. So, let us turn to Jonah chapter 4. Verses 6 to 9. Jonah chapter 4, verses 6 to 9. Now the Lord God appointed a plant mm. and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. It is better for me to die. And look at the extent of it. The moment the plant came up, Jonah was happy. The moment we get blessings, we are happy. The moment we see that beautiful woman, we are happy. The moment that woman does something wrong, then we are not happy. We blame the parents. We say she is just like a mother, has a long mouth. We say just like a father, look at her. Worse than a father also she looks like. We blame everybody on creation. But before that, when the woman stands with you on the bridal day, you say she is the most beautiful woman in the world. And after that, you dis. You abuse her the worst. And look at Jonah. When the wine came up, he was very happy. The moment the wine started to die, he immediately says, I better die. 
How many of us when we fight with our wives or we fight with our husband, we say, I wish I was dead? Usually we say that for the opposite person, not for ourselves. I wish you were dead. We, we, we don't want to die. We prefer the other person to go. Because we justify. Bitterness comes when there's an accident in the family. When there's a death. The moment somebody in your family passes from here to eternity, we have bitterness towards God. The moment the doctor says, I can't do anything anymore. Now you have to pray. Now we don't blame the doctor. We start to blame God. We do not realize that God has done something good for that person and he has taken that person home. But we retaliate with God with anger. And we say, I wish I was dead also. My second point, don't neglect it. Do not neglect it. Psalm 39 verse 2, my brother. But when I was silent and still, not even saying anything good, my anguish increased. I want you to take the word of God and look very carefully as we are meditating upon the word of God. Because it's the word of God will bring you strength at the time of adversity. It is the word of God will encourage you. This type of approach is called the tough man's approach. A tough guy. Why I say that? We say, let me bite my teeth and face it. I can just, it is gone. When we are children, our parents say, I don't want to see you crying. Don't cry. You are a strong boy. I don't want to see those tears. We, we are brought up by our parents like a, with a tough approach. We, we, we want to neglect it. But the problem is, the problem, it is there. If you think that you can handle it, it's not going to hurt you. And you suppress it. That's the wrong way. We neglect our hurt, hoping that it will go away. We think, if I neglect it, it will be gone. We develop a very good way to push this aside. Number one, we deny the hurt. I don't have a problem. I am not hurting. Nothing can touch me. I am Superman. It can't touch me. Number two, we push it down. Why? We think, I can dig it and bury it. We push it down. He says, this earth is not going to hurt me. What else can she do to me? How much can she ridicule me? How much can he talk about my family? I'm going to put it down. He's not going to touch me at all. The third one, we delay dealing with the hurt. We delay. We postpone doing anything. We say, I will confront her when the time comes. The wife says, I will confront my husband when the right time comes. We think of confronting our husband or the wife when the right time comes. We say, I'll confront my children at that time. Your child is doing wrong now. Don't confront him tomorrow. He is missing his life now. You confront him now. Do not neglect it. Do not do that. The psalmist reminds us that in ignoring our problems, our problems turn into major ones. That's what the verse talks about, Psalm 39, verse 2. Number third point, do not run from it. That's what we are very good at. All of us, we are very good at running from our problems. Brother, read Psalm 55, verses 5 to 8, please. 6 to 8. I said, oh, that I had the wings ah, of the I cow. said... If I had wings, what will I do? Yes, my brother. I would fly away. I will fly away. Men are very good at flying away. Do you know that? Men are very, very good. The moment of argument comes, 
the man is missing. Where he is gone, you don't know. He'll come back after half an hour. Because we got wings. We fly away when the problem takes place. Yes, my brother. And be at rest. Mm. I would flee far away. What I will do? Far away from this woman. That she doesn't torture me. Okay. And right, stay man. in the desert. Yeah. Look, you are, stay, you are staying in a luxurious place. You are staying where there is grass. But now you are saying I will go to the desert. What are you going to get there? Only wolves and jackals you will get there. You have a beautiful wife at home. Stay with her. Confront the problem. But instead of that you say, now I will run to the desert. People from the desert come to the city. People from the desert come to a beautiful land. You say from here, I will run there. Look at that what the psalmist is saying. Yes, my brother. I would hurry to my place of I will shelter. not run. I will hurry. No need of bags. Just with my pants I will run. Yes, my brother. Far from the tempest and storm. Now your wife has become your tempest and your storm. I am going away. Honey has now become stormy. And you have gone to the desert. Far away from her. You don't want to even see her face. You must be wondering why this guy, every time he comes to the pulpit, he pulls his wife. I love her, okay? Many of us do this at a crisis when we are at home. Have you ever done that? No, see, nobody will put your hands up. I have done that. I have done that many times. God forgive me. This message is first for me. I have fought many times with my wife and the first thing I said, I don't want to face all this. I'm gone. I take the car. I go for a big round. I'm speaking the truth. I'm not hiding. I'm not putting a glass here where you can see my daughter's laughing at me. I have done this in my home. I say I want to avoid the argument. We justify. We men justify ourselves. There is a flight troubling me. In Jesus' name, let it go. We justify ourselves, we men. The moment something happens, we find a reason to run. And we all men do that. Now can I ask, how many of us do that? Thank you. Praise God. God bless you for your honesty. God bless you. God bless you. It's a human point. Human beings, we do that. We do that. Now, do you know where we run to? No, not for you. This is not for believers, okay? This is for unbelievers. Do you know where we run? We run to our old habits. The enemy takes you. The moment there is an argument, he takes you back to your old habits. Number one, if you were a smoker, the first thing you'll think is, I need to get a cigarette. There's too much attention in my house. And you take a cigarette, you, you puff it off for 10 minutes and you come back and you're cool. You eat a chewing gum, you're back in the house. Then the next argument takes place. And now the enemy says, the, the, the cigarette is not enough. You need to go one more level higher. We think that's how now higher and higher. The enemy says, I will also lift you higher and higher. So the second round is, we will go to alcohol. Maybe that sounds better. And what he's doing? He's taking you to your old habits. If you're not careful... A believer doesn't take into drinking just all like that. Because he had this in his, the old man. So the old man is now coming up. He pushes himself up. And you say, now I'll go for a bottle. I will not take a bottle, I will take one beer. Maybe somewhere down the cupboard something is hidden for a long time. And you pull that out. And you have one drink and you go. Then the enemy says, now that is not enough. I'll lift you on higher level. To the ones who are struggling with drugs. You say, one joint, one puff, one needle, 
I will be okay. I will be cool over it. The enemy drags you back. The enemy pulls you back. And we in our world, we get back to the old man very easily. And some, for some reason, we get stuck to that. Because the enemy will cause a fight every day. And then you will have a beautiful place to run. To get high. But I want to tell you something. Even though however high the enemy takes you, you have to come down. Amen? You have to come down. You have to come down to face it. So you rather come down and face it than running for a joint for a short time. My fourth point is, don't bury your hurt. Don't bury your hurt. Psalm, two, Psalm 32 verse 3, my brother. When for, I kept, yes. For when I kept silent. See this, when I kept silent. My bones wasted away. Aha, now I'm keeping silent. I'm burying myself. What is happening to me? Inwardly, my bones are getting wasted. Do you know what is that? I will explain to you how your bones are getting wasted when you keep silent. Yes, my brother. Through my groaning all day long. Now I'm keeping silent. Inwardly, I am crying. Inwardly, I am weeping. I am not sharing this with anybody. And deep inside, it's eating me up. It's eating me up. Slowly by slowly, slowly. One day, it explodes. You hide it all along. There are people in this world, they don't do the first part. They don't blame God. The second type of people, they don't run from the hurt. The third type of people, they don't ignore it. But the fourth type of people are the most dangerous ones. The ones who hide their hurt continuously. They don't tell anybody. If you look at them, how are you my sister? Praise the Lord, I am wonderful. But deep inside they are crying. They are thinking, why can't somebody have the Spirit of God to tell me that I am hurting inside. How are you, my brother? Cool, man. I'm cool. But are you hurting inside? Yes. Ask a person twice, how are you? Then they will tell you the truth. The first, how are you, is a camouflage. I'm fine. Second, how are you? When you look into their eyes and say, brother, tell me how are you? Then they'll tell you, I have a problem. I have a problem. They are waiting for somebody to ask them that question. Some of us are so good in camouflage. Beautiful. The moment the makeup comes up, I'm not offending anybody, please. The moment the makeup comes up, you are a different person. But deep inside, you are burying that over and over and over again. The hurt is getting deeper and deeper. My brothers and sisters, we must stop playing games. And we must cry out. Whether you are hiding your hurt or you are hiding your sin too. Hiding it only intensifies it. Hiding it makes it bigger. I tell you, it is not going to go away if you keep hiding your hurt or you keep hiding your sin. We at the leadership and in the church, I want to promise you this. We love the sinner over here, but not the sin. You can be falling over and over again. We love you, my brothers and sisters, no matter what be your sin. We do not love your sin. Our arms are open wide if you come to us and say, listen, I am struggling. 
I'm struggling. That's what the leadership of this church is. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, Therefore what? Confess your sins. To whom? Who is that one another? Not the ungodly. If you go and confess your sins to the ungodly, they will take you to the bar. If you confess your sins to the ungodly, the woman will take you to her bed. This is truth. An ungodly person you confess, you will be in the wrong first place. Look for a godly man. Look for a man who is bearing fruit. And tell him, listen, I need to confess to you. I am hurt. I am in sin. Can you help me? Confessing your sins brings healing to you. Amen? I know there are many here today. You are hiding your hurt. You are not in the first three categories. You are in this category. You are holding on to your hurt for a long time. We are going to spend time as the Lord permits that we are going to have a time of ministering. You don't have to come and say what your hurt is. You don't have to say it. As the Lord leads, you just come forward and stand. Let the man of God pray over you. You don't have to carry that hurt over and over again for years. If I am to talk to you very personally, and if I am to ask you, you will say you have a hurt for a very long time. Twenty years ago, my husband said this. I have forgiven him, but still I can't forget what he has done. Are you praying, my sister? Yes, I am praying. Are you fasting? Yes, I am fasting. Have you forgiven your husband? Yes, but it's still buried inside me. You have to ask the Lord, Lord, touch me today. Touch me today. And you can ask the Lord. We will sing the song, He touched me. And as we sing the song, I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, touch me today. That all these four points that have been voiced out today, I want it to go away from my life. I want to take it away. And let the Holy Spirit touch you today. Amen? Can we stand on our feet and just sing the song? He touched me, brother.
I said, I need to go and confront him. I need to justify myself. Because the moment we get hurt, we get offended. I went to him and I said, can I talk to you? I want to talk, to, I want to talk a piece of my mind to you. I'm justifying myself. I forgot I'm a believer. I forgot I'm preparing a message. Everything is out of the window and for the moment. I need to justify myself because I am hurt. And I told him, you do not know what is etiquette. Don't tell me. For a minute, the old man flared up. Because I was justifying myself. I thought I was righteous. I thought I was right. I told him and I said, I don't have anything in my heart. It's over. Thank you very much. Goodbye. And I walked into the office. I came out of the office and I said, I gave it. But in the whole night, I could not sleep. The Lord said, what do you think you accomplished? What have you accomplished? Nothing. You want to justify yourself. That's the reason. You want to show that you are righteous. You want to show that you are holy. You want your, you want your team members to show you are different. You are nothing. You are just like them. And that's what an unbeliever will do. And that's what you did. The whole night I could not sleep. Because the Holy Spirit started working now in me. And many of us may be facing this problem at some given time. When we get hurt, immediately we, we take our whip and we start whipping back. Because we are hurt. And that's a very dangerous thing for us to do. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5. It says, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springeth up. So you see that? The root of bitterness that springs up. And you see, therefore, many are what? Defiled. You see that? We justify our root of bitterness because we need to tell them a piece of our mind. We want to tell them and we think the moment we have spoken, ah, it's done. It's done. I am justified. We are fooling ourselves. My brothers and sisters, you might say, Brother Claudia, I have tried all this, Brother Claudia. Come on, what is this? You are giving this message. I have tried all these approaches. Nothing works. Let us look at the theme of our message today. Let us go back to Psalm 23, as I told you, and verse 5. Look what the Lord does. does. In this verse, we are going to look how God changes a field into a feast. Can you read that, my brother? Psalm 23. Verse 5. Verse 5. You. You prepare a table before me. Amen. In you the presence of... One minute, brother. The first thing God says, listen, you are hurt, I will take you and I will prepare a table for you. Where? In the presence of, of your enemy. enemy. The one who has hurt you. The one that has disrespected you. If you keep your mouth, sorry for this word, if you keep your mouth shut, I will take and I will exalt you. Because you have held your peace. And you have not justified yourself. And now what I will do? I will prepare a table for you. With the same man who has condemned you. In the presence of your enemies. He says that. Amen. Are, let us pray that we should not make them our, our enemies. Because one day they are prominent souls for Jesus. Amen. There are three steps that we must take in, in, in order to enact God's solution for our hurt. There are three steps that I want to look at very quickly. Number one, what is God's solution to our hurt? Number one, it's taken from Psalm 23 verse 5. It says, let Jesus handle things for you. Number one, let 
Jesus handles things for you. Don't take revenge. Revenge is not your portion in Jesus' name. Let the Lord do that for you. If you allow the Lord to do, you will be surprised as what He is going to do. Generally, what I am trying to say is, sheep have a lot of natural enemies. Because Psalm 23 is about a shepherd. Sheep have lots of enemies. Number one, the number one enemy of a sheep is wolves, foxes, ticks, and diseases. All these are enemies of a sheep. A sheep is very, it has no defensive mechanism in it. Number one, if you look very carefully, a sheep is not safe unless it has somebody to protect it. The job of a good shepherd is to find a good place so that the sheep can find pasture so that he can take the sheep, give it food and allow it to rest. That's the job of a good shepherd. God says, let me handle those hurts for you. If you take Romans chapter 12, verses 17 and 19. Yes, my brother. Romans 12, 17 to 19 says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Don't repay. Be careful to do what is right in Mm. the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, Mm. as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. The Bible says live at peace, not grumbling, not what I have done. Live at peace. Number one, live at peace with your wife and your husband, number first thing. We like to live in peace with everyone around us and there is chaos in the house. That's wrong. Yes, my brother. Do not take revenge. Don't take revenge. Here is it. We we are very good in taking revenge. Very hard in showing sympathy. Very hard in showing love. But very good at revenge. We can even say one, one to another, I can take better revenge than you. We are very good at that. Yes, my brother. My dear friends, but leave room. Leave room. For God's wrath. My brothers, God is telling us, I know you are offended. I know you are hurt. Let me handle the situation. Now the question is, are you going to take revenge or are you going to give room for God to work in your life? You have to decide that. You've got to make a choice. Today, the number one thing for the world is taking revenge. Do you know that? Why do you see so much of lawsuits? Have you noticed that? If a husband has hurt his wife, the first thing the wife will make sure, wait boy, you see what I will do to you. I will make you take only your bag and go out of the house. She will sue him. Only thing he has is back. Everything else left behind. They are very good in taking revenge. Do you know there's a book written, 100 ways to get even? Can you imagine that? 100 ways to get even. How many ways do you have found, brothers and sisters? You will say, I got 101, don't worry. The only way that is for us, for you and me, the only way is forgiveness. Amen? Question is, what is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? Forgiveness is not saying, it is okay, you have hurt me. No, it's not okay, you have hurt me. I have hurt. So don't say, it's okay, you have hurt me. Hurt me one more time, no problem. I'm a believer, take my back. No, you don't say that. I am hurt. Number two, forgiveness is not saying that it does not hurt me. You can hurt me. It does not hurt me, brother. Jesus has taken everything. No, it has hurt me. You have said this word, I am hurt, my brother Claudie. I am hurt in what you did. Number three, forgiveness is not denying the fact that it happened. You don't have to deny it. It has taken place. Forgiveness means giving it back to Jesus and say, God, I am hurt. 
It has hurt me very badly. I will give it to you. You take, you take over this. Let him get even if he wants to. That is God's business. Amen? I am not going to get even with the person who has hurt me. Jesus, I am going to allow you to prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. I am not going to get that to hurt me. Amen? So why should you do that? The question is, Brother Claudie, why should I do that? What is the reason? There's a bunch of three reasons minimum. You can go home and find many more reasons. I'll give you three reasons. Number one, you have been forgiven. Compared to the one who has hurt you, you have been forgiven more. If you look back at your sin, it's worse. Number two, resentment makes you miserable. And number three, you need forgiveness in the future. So, Matthew 5, verse 7, what does the Bible say? Blessed is the one who is merciful. What will be done to him? For they will be shown mercy. God is telling the sin, that is not your area. Let me deal with it. Let me deal with it. My brothers and sisters, God will set a table in the presence of your enemies. Amen? My second point is, let Jesus heal your hurt. Let the Lord heal your hurt. The psalm says, you anoint my head with oil. Now, the shepherd, he puts oil on the head of the sheep. Do you know that? Most of the women put oil on their heads. But if you go to a good shepherd, he puts oil on the sheep's head. Number one, the worst enemy of a sheep is flies. Do you know that? The worst enemy for a sheep is flies. They cannot take their hoof and tap it over their head. They don't have a tail long enough like a cow or a horse that they can drive away their flies. So what they do, the shepherd takes a little oil, he takes a little sulfur, he takes sulfur, mixes it with oil and puts it into the wool of the sheep. So flies do not come over the sheep. That's the way he does it. And oil is a soothing effect when you are wounded. Let me ask you a question. Once you are forgiven, does that mean that the hurt has gone away? Let us be normal and answer. No, thank you brother Sudhir. No, it's not gone away. It still hurts. Forgiveness is instant. But restoration is takes time. Restoration does take time. The Bible says he heals the broken hearted and binds up their wounds. So what does that mean? The wounds means there are certain wounds that take time to heal. So you love it. Don't worry. You have to forgive. Let the Lord minister healing to you slowly. Amen? Now how does the Lord deal with our hurt? Now the question is how does the Lord deal with our hurt? Number one, what kind of bandages that God uses for our hurt? Number one, the first bandage he uses is prayer. The first bandage he uses is prayer. When you are hurt, go to the Lord and say, Lord, I am hurt. You need to upload so that you don't explode. You need to go to the Lord. Number two, God uses worship. Prayer is number one. Number two, worship. Do you know what happens? Suddenly we enter the church. Praises is going on. You have come with a hurt. The moment you come and sit down, you feel the heaviness has already gone. God has already ministered to you through the worship. Have you noticed that? God ministers to us through worship and His word. Number three, God ministers to us through fellowship and ministry. 
when you learn to have fellowship, see, pastor cannot come to everyone's house every day. That's the reason we have the family group. You need to find the family group. Get involved there. Find a godly person. Share your sorrow and say, listen, I am hurting. Can you pray with me? Can you pray with me? Let us sing the song, anoint me with fresh oil. And let us ask the Lord, Lord, anoint me with fresh oil. Fill me, Spirit of God. Help me to see your purposes and understand all your ways. Amen. Anoint me with fresh Fill me, Spirit of God.
overflows. Amen? Now, with what does your cup overflow? That's the question. Brother Claudi, with what does my cup overflow? Number one, your cup will overflow with hope. Let us look at uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 3, my brother. Quickly. Romans 15, 3. Romans 15, verses 3. Yes, says, brother. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, uh, at, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. I think I got it wrong. It says, uh, my, uh, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the verse I was looking at. So that you will be filled with hope. Number two, 1 Thessalonians 3, chapter 12. You will overflow with love. Number two, you will overflow with love. 1 Thessalonians 3, 12. Yes, my brother. 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 12 says, And may the Lord Amen. make you increase mm. and abound in love. Abound in love. Love for one another. First, number one, it says, one for another. Who is that one another? It's the one who hurt you, your loved one, your family. When you have that love bypassing the natural, now the Bible says, what's the last verse, brother? And for all. And for now all. If you cannot add that love for your wife or your husband, how are you going to extend it to the rest of the world? So the first the Bible says, for one another and then for the rest. What we do, we love the rest and we forget one another. We reverse the order. How nice we are in the office. The moment we see somebody, good morning, how are you today? How was your day? Beautiful. You have 10 minutes you spend with that person. You come to your house, your wife will be waiting for you to talk. You'll say, can you bring me a cup of tea? I am tired. You lift your legs, the television is on. That poor woman is waiting for you. But in the office, you do all the nonsense. You talk away. But you come home, you don't have 5 minutes for the woman who is waiting for you. Because you are so busy with everything else. No love. We reverse the order. Many Christians reverse everything. We like to go and reverse gear because we are in Oman. Love reverse gear. Next, my brother. Third one. You will overflow with joy. John 16:24. Ask, ask, and you will receive what? That your joy will, your joy will run away. See, nobody is answering. Your joy will be overflow, complete. It will overflow. So there are three reasons. Number one, you will overflow with hope. Number two, you will overflow with love. Number three, you will overflow with joy. Amen. Let us today go to the Lord. We are going to spend a few, few minutes of our time. We are going to go to the Lord. And we are going to say, if God, if you carry the weight of the world, Upon your shoulders, I know you're going to carry me. Amen? We are going to a time of ministering. Uh, while we are singing the song, I don't want you to stand. I want you to bow your heads. Okay? I want you to bow your heads. We are going to have a time of ministering. I just want you to bow your heads and as the choir sings this, Brother Lakin, if he carry the weight of the world. Amen? I want you to bow your heads. And if there is somebody you feel you have been hurt for a long time, Somebody has hurt you or you have hurt and you are going through crisis. I want you to just stand up on your feet wherever you are and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. There is no problem to be. 
difficult to forgive. You find it difficult to let go. And every time you are in agony, you are passing through the troubles. And you are still sitting there, please, I want you to rise on your feet. Opportunities like this comes once in a while. You can't help yourself. But God is here to help you. You're still in the congregation. You know you are hot. You know it. You can't deceive God. You can't deceive others but not God. Please, if you are still in the congregation, you are not yet on your feet. Stand on your feet. Because God is here to help you. So that you don't live with a poison in you. 
The person will only affect you, not that fellow. It's only you. I'm about to pray now. I want to say in your heart, the Lord, I let go. Confess it within you. I mention that person's name. I forgive so, 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 and so. I no longer hold anything against so, 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 and so. Say it yourself. Consciously say it that you forgive that person. That you let go that heart in your heart. That you say, say, Jesus, this weight is too heavy for me. I hand it over to you. Carry this weight for me. It's too heavy for me. If you feel like crying to him, go ahead and do it. It's the only one that can heal it. Nobody can do but God. And he's here to help you. He's here to help you this day. Crowd to you from your heart. The Lord, I hand it over to you. Say, come unto me, how you that live and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we want to thank you this morning. Because you have brought us to your clinic. And you decided to take away our pain. You decided to take away our heart. And you are giving us a season of rejoicing. A season of hope. A season of love. A season of happiness. Lord, we give you all the glory. For this, your children, as they have voiced out their heart unto you, please take the heart away and give them the joy, the peace, the love, the happiness, the complete restoration that comes from you only in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, the grace to let go completely and to hold on unto you. Please release unto your children in the name of Jesus. And the rest of us, we know the heart will come from people you love, from people you don't even love. The heart will come. But we want to do it the way you did it. You are being molested. You are being beaten right front and center. And right there you are blessing the people hurting you. We want to be like you, our master. Because you said what you did, we will do, and it will do greater works. It includes how to manage art. Lord, we receive grace today to manage our heart, to manage anyone that tried to offend us, to do anything to harm us. Lord, we receive grace today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We will undo it the way you did. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, blessed Redeemer. We give you all the glory. We appreciate you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let's rest on our feet as we round up. Let us put our hands to the Lord. How we are accepted. God has blessed us.
God has spoken to us the very practical word what he has spoken to us today if you believe that it is for you and you are blessed you put your hands to the lord not unto men that shows you are acceptance and your faith amen amen let us thank the lord our most loving gracious father once again our hearts are filled with joy and we give you all glory all honor and praises to you thank you lord for the word that you have spoken to us thank you lord for the anointing upon your servant lord it is your word and it is your day we are your children to receive that word of father thank you for blessing each and every one of us dear lord help us to go with this word and meditate this word and to be abide in this word of father as we are going to leave this place lord we pray let the peace that you promised to us prevail in each and every one of our life in our personal life in our family life in the spiritual life of father help us to rejoice in you o father and give all glory unto you in jesus most exalted name we pray let us share the grace together may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god the fellowship of the holy spirit be with us and forevermore surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life and we shall dwell in the house of the lord forever and ever amen go with the peace of god